Welcome to Views from the Porch, a podcast where we explore what it looks like to survive and thrive in your young adult years. Each week, we talk about the biggest challenges facing young adults today and how to overcome them from God's Word based on our weekly experience in leading thousands of young adults at the porch. For more info on the porch, visit theporch.live. Thank you for joining. What's up, guys? This is David. We are back with another episode of Views from the Porch, joined with Mrs. Laura Eldridge. Hey, y'all. And Mr. J.D. Rogers. Hello. Who is in love and I'm he in love. doesn't care who knows it. I don't care who knows the it. The hills are alive. Let me Wait, tell y'all something. Sound that, of music? I waited to yeah. say I love you until I was able to drop on a knee and propose you, and Aww. put a ring on it. You just did last Saturday. Yeah, last Saturday got engaged. And, uh, you know, the I love you changes the game. Oh, changes the game. There's something intense about at night now ending it with I love you. Like how I mean, you feel or y'all's relationship or what? Just like saying that, it's just, there's just such like a, we're in this. Like there's a depth now That's to this. So it's sweet. just crazy, those words. Which is why, I mean, there's a depth to it and it's different because you saved it. Yeah. It's one of the tragedies of people throwing it out in like eighth grade. Wait, we should actually talk about that because I bet people are like, wait, why did you wait till engagement? Yeah, we should do an episode on when to, when to say I love you. Ooh, yeah. Just tune in next week for an episode <laughs> of Views <laughs> on the Porch. Let's go. But today, this is all relevant because we are talking about engagement. Yes, we Because, are. I mean, it's relevant to my life, but also like hopefully statistics would say it's going to be relevant to a lot of people's lives. 80%, right, David? Give yeah. the people some hope, 80%. Yeah, 80%, yeah. depending on the numbers. And so I think it's just an interesting season that we're going to take some time just to talk about, answer some questions, some FAQs on how to be engaged well. And mm. this is nice because I'm going to be taking my own notes. Yeah, you and just are. just asking some questions on behalf of the engaged or going to be engaged or hope to be engaged people. And, um, and then you two have... You've been there. When was that? Like twenty years ago for you? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Four score and yeah. David, how I was old a does boy. he think you are? <laughs> I, mean, like, I worked three oh, jobs man. to get that ring. And yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. Uh, no, it's almost ten though. Yeah, yeah. it's crazy. What do you want to know? What do you want to know, JD? Me yeah. and Laura have been engaged. We got we're, just, you. we're letting the public in on a conversation <laughs> yeah. that we're having. Yeah, about yeah, yeah. Engaged. You know, JD asks all. Here's what I want to know first. Um, speak to the person who desperately want, wants that ring, has wanted ring by spring uh, for years and years and years, and they're just there's not even like the hint of movement. Let's just start off just talking to that person and how to pre- prep well and be prepared, but not letting even this podcast and things like it and the pictures you see of that day for people and all the happiness around it, mm. how to like wait well and trust God in that waiting. Let's just quickly acknowledge them. Yeah. I mean, um, to the person who is waiting well, who's preserving the purity, who's keeping biblical standards of looking for a guy or girl with character, who is using the season of life that they're in right now to do what 1 Corinthians 7 says, to secure undivided devotion to the Lord, which is what singleness is a gift for us to secure and deepen our, our devotion, our relationship with God, to that person who still has that deep tug and desire to be married, I would say a couple things. One, keep going. The person who's faithful and does all that, like, I'm so proud of you. I'm so, you inspire me. And, uh, and I would say, keep going. The, um, the feelings that you feel are real. And that doesn't mean that God is making you wait until you're okay with being single until he'll bring someone along. It's okay to pour out your heart and say, God, I really want a spouse in this season. Would you bring that along? Sometimes in church, I feel like we tell people that, 
uh, until we just we say it's almost a bad thing to desire a spouse. When the Bible says the opposite, it says that he who finds a wife or a husband finds a good thing and receives favor from the Lord. And so you're not second best. I think some, I don't want to go long on this, but First like yeah. Corinthians seven. I was actually I'm going through the Corinthians right now, and First Corinthians seven, Paul he says like this isn't a command, but this is what I would say. Like, if you're not married and you can have self-control and not a lot of passions, don't do it. Yeah. And so I think that's sometimes where it can, like, the messages can seem mixed Mm -hmm. because it's like Paul was such an advocate for... Singleness. If you cannot get married, don't do it. Yeah. So what... I mean, speak to that. Yeah, I think he also, in the same passage, says if you burn with passion, then it's better to get married. And so I think think the Bible is real. I think Paul and Jesus had such a devotion. I mean, Jesus said the same thing in Matthew 19, that whoever can receive this, there's eunuchs that are made eunuchs by man. A eunuch is probably the most unfortunate person in the Bible who has had their... Um, Stuff in Yes. <laughs> Choppy chop. Yeah. Oh my gosh. In that day, often a king would do that. Like they would, because they would, they put, kings would put them in charge of like the harem. And they'd be like, man, I don't want this boy fooling around. Wow. And uh, so anyways, he's saying there's eunuchs that are made that by the by man. And then there are those who are eunuchs for the sake of the kingdom of God. And let everyone who can receive this, receive this. And so I think that's a, a it is something. Scripture doesn't say singleness is second best. It says it is a unique season and it is a gift of a season. Mm-hmm. And Paul and Jesus seem to say, if you can do it, you should do it. But the vast majority, as we've already said, 80% will end up likely married and do feel like I burn with passion. So in that season right now, I would just continue bringing all of those areas of your heart and all those longings to the Lord, knowing marriage wouldn't fix them overnight, but it's not wrong to desire marriage. And I would continue to bring that before God, but I would not lower your standards, which is honestly the biggest temptation that people um, find themselves facing because it is far better, if we, As again, we don't want to go long here, but it's so much better to be single and lonely than married and lonely. Mm-hmm. The pain so and the true. depth of that is so much greater and so much deeper. And it's so common, sadly, that people feel like I'm just alone. My spouse is emotionally absent, spiritually absent, um, and sometimes physically absent, sexually absent. And uh, you just don't want to find yourself there. And so it's far greater to be single than to marry poorly. Yeah. And I would just say from the girl who was crying in um, our elder's wife's closet saying, I'm ugly. Why is no one choosing me? It must be because I'm awful at everything and just struggled so hard with singleness. Mm. The one thing that changed for me was like to stop being mad at God about it and understand that um, in my pain, God grieves with me. Yeah. That's good. Yeah, that's good. And so, okay. Yes, I have been there. I was there. And y'all went, I mean, it can happen quick. I know. I know. It's so crazy. Like, I feel like it was just a year ago that we're like. It was less than, I mean, it was six months. five months ago. Yeah. yeah we're six like, months who ago. can we set JD up? <laughs> I know. I know. It's so crazy. And like, anyways, but now we're here. People are here. People are heading here. And so the first question I have is there is, seems to be uh, opinions in both of these things of how long should one be engaged? Because I hear advice all the time around the church. Hey, shorter the better, shorter the better, shorter the better. Yeah. And then I hear, honestly, from anyone else, like, what? How short? And it's like, so like, why? You need to really make sure, bro, like, you know, don't take your time, slow down, enjoy it. But then there's some people too that they hear short, 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 and they're trying to like listen to people in their church, but they're like, circumstances just don't 
allow it. Like we're even in that predicament. We're like, we wanted to do August, <laughs> like go real quick. Come on, bro. And we just, we can't, we can't. So I can flesh that out if you want, but how long would you say people should be engaged? Well, I think one question before even going there, I would bring up and we hit it quickly is how long should I date before I get engaged? Yeah. And then even in the process of engagement. And so I don't think the, the Bible, as we've covered before, they didn't have dating back then. It's a modern invention. So, but it has a lot to say about marriage, about decision-making and evaluating and being wise. And it has a lot to say about character and the type of person that would make a good husband or father or spa or wife or um, mother and who to look for and, um, and to be wise as you're selecting. And so I would say whatever length of time you need to work through what, what type of person is this? Do they have the characteristics of the uh, type of person that God says I'm to be married to? First Timothy chapter three, Titus chapter one, lists out the qualifications that God says, these are characteristics to look for, for someone to lead the church, specifically uses the word elder. What's it have to do with dating? Well, an elder is the leader of the bride of Christ, the church. So those are the types of qualities that he's humble, he's teachable, he's um, not quick-tempered, that he is yielded to, or he is surrendered to Jesus. He's trying to walk with him. He lives in community with other people. So whatever degree or amount of time you have to know to know this is the type of person, whether I'm gonna marry them or not, it at least is the type of person God says I should marry. That would be the length of time I would wait. Okay, but also, this is something I didn't know if I really believed in before it happened to me, low-key. But you hear a lot when you know you know. What do you think about that line? I think the problem with it is everyone's different. You got thinkers, you got feelers, you got people. Mm -hmm. So for me, when it was like, when you know, you know, I was like, well, if I don't know, does that mean that I know that I don't know? And, um, and I think people can get stuck on that loop. And then other people would be like, no, when I knew, I knew. And I just think it's dangerous language. Mm -hmm. I think a better thing would be like, hey, this was when I knew they were the type of person that I should be looking for versus the only person that I should be looking for. I mean, that's what I would say. Yeah, that's really good. The other thing that you did well, and again, this is just on the, the, underneath the bucket of when to get engaged. I would talk to their parents. I would go to her father, go to her mother. Uh, yeah. You got to Zoom. If you got a whatever father figure, maybe her dad um, is not around or passed away or, or mom or do whatever's the most honoring thing. Yeah. So, After we set up dates and decided that I wanted to be like, you know, exclusive with her and only her, um, I, I I brought her parents into this, the situation and said, I want to talk to y'all about asking Jenna to be my girlfriend. Way to go. And I said, to come with any questions. And I honestly didn't know if they would, and they did. Uh, they, they came with a notepad of questions. And I know that's rare. And I would say, you know, it even if your person that's following God, if their parents aren't, I would say take that courageous step, men, of still doing it. Because already, one, you're showing her something, that you're serious, but also it's a, it's a level of respect but then, two, that's going to teach something and set you apart to her parents. And that's an opportunity. And it was just so, it bonded us. And then I did the same thing. Obviously, when I want to ask for her hand, I, I, we, oh gosh, it was such a thing. We had to meet at like 630 in the morning. It was freezing cold. I love it. Was it was awesome. But yeah, for yeah, sure. Honor her parents. It's going to be, it may not have been that situation, but you may be going, man, it's going to be a really awkward conversation. Ask him about dating or ask, can I marry your daughter? Heads up. It will be a really it's awkward It's awkward. <laughs> it's just going to happen. And, uh, but it's still honoring to God. So then you're engaged. I think the length of time, we're just like rapid firing through. Mm -hmm. um, I got I to gotta say before you move on, though, real quick to the girl who literally DM yesterday, been dating for 15 months. He, every time I try to bring up engagement, he kind of has an excuse. What do I, do I break up with him? What do I do? I would ask him, 
um, I just wouldn't let him get out of it. I'd go, hey, every time I bring this up, you try to get out of talking about it. Good. I want to know where you see this relationship going. Because if it's not going anywhere, then I'm going somewhere. And it's not with you towards an altar. It's good. And I would, I, would, um, I would just drive for clarity. And sadly, guys, we're so afraid of rejection. We're so afraid of being a failing that we like self-protect and we don't want to even put ourselves out there too much. It's funny. We're afraid of rejection. We're also afraid of commitment. So yeah. it's like it's like this hilarious limbo yeah, like we play with ourselves where we're both passive, but we don't want it to go away because we don't want to be rejected. And it's like, and that confuses the girl. And so, man, like, but if that's the thing though, that's that's why before you even date, like women, you need to ask that man before you date, are you dating for marriage? Like, are you dating to date? Are you dating just to have a girl, like a girl by your side to make you feel good? Or are you dating for marriage? Because it's, if he's not ready for the heat, He's a get out of the kitchen. Mm, we ain't playing out of the kitchen. <laughs> we ain't playing. That's right. And so that that would help that too, is before just establishing, hey, I'm I'm serious. I'm not. I'm in this game because I'm in the game. It's good. So I do think shorter the better. Uh, other like rapid fire things. You want to make sure that you pursue purity. I would say you're in community. That entire engagement series. The reason shorter the better is because engagement stinks. If you're doing it well, it, yeah. it has all of the stress and responsibilities of marriage. None of the perks. It's No awful. sex. Uh, again, if you're doing it God's way, you're preserving and pursuing purity mm-hmm. that she's not yours until uh, you are in covenant relationship together. As much as she feels like yours right now, she is still not yours. And so I would honor them every step of the way. That's why I think shorter is better. Um, and people who get engaged for like two years, I'm like, dude, that is crazy to me. But I wouldn't die on that hill. A lot of times they're like living together. I feel. Yes. Yeah. They're playing house. Yeah. They're not, they're not doing it God's way. Whereas like Colby and I, I was literally like, okay, if we don't get married now, something bad is going to happen. Yeah. Like there's yeah. so much built up tension. Other thing I would say, so now I'm just talking like it with, with you and uh, I think you're going to do all this stuff, JD, but <laughs> if I was talking to my younger brother, I would say I wouldn't get caught up in the hype of Dallas or wherever, like weddings are like on average $50,000 a year. People go into debt for weddings and they just try to keep up with the Joneses and we have to have, we have to have this band, we have to have this venue and there has to be like a big barn that we're out in the field and we have to have $10,000 pictures. We got to have a, you know, a white horse I ride in on and an elephant at the reception and, yeah, and nah, just craziness. And I just wouldn't, I wouldn't let that dictate and rob from ultimately what marriage is about, which a picture of, of Christ's relationship with, with the church. What else, man? You're engaged. Yeah. Uh, so how do you, you talk about so now we've said, hey, I love you. I'm in this with you. What would you say are some good steps to do in the engagement period to prepare yourself for marriage? Like I've heard about premarital counseling. Um, I've, I, you know, at Watermark, we have a thing called merge. Like why do it? Um, like just talk to me about how to best prepare ourselves and one another for marriage. Yeah. So if you're here in Dallas or anywhere around the area, I would do merge. Merge is a premarital class for those seriously dating or engaged. And the thing, it's like eight weeks long, I think. Mm-hmm. And it just drives for clarity or it drives communication. It takes like, oh, we should talk about this stuff. What's our expectations on on how we're going to spend holidays? What's our sex expectations? See what I did there? Come on. Sex yeah, expectations. Good, that's good. good. Uh, what's our, um, our plan for like children? Like, have we ever talked about how many kids we want to have? And it, it is a structured curriculum that drives for clarity around those conversations. 
that just doesn't feel like at a left field, you're at dinner like, so, all right, so we're engaged. How many kids do you want? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> or waiting till you get there and it's like, oh, um, we're married and I'm ready to have kids. And the other guy's like, or the, the other spouse is like, wait a second, I don't want kids. Which happens. It happens all the time. Mm-hmm. Crazy, but it happens. So I would do some sort of the, the challenge with premarital counseling. If someone said, should I go? It's not all counselors created equal. Totally. Um, if you're in Dallas, we do offer free premarital counseling at Watermark um, after you go through Merge, which is just such a win to set you and that other person up to make sure, hey, we're going to this eyes wide open and prepared to take that next step and jump into this relationship. So I would do some sort of curriculum like that. Uh, and probably your local church, hopefully you're a part of one, has something. We have a weekend class too. People fly in for it. Yeah. It's worth it. And you get your, if you're getting married in Texas, you get your like $90 or whatever for the marriage certificate back if you go through that class. Yes. Um, But people fly in. It's worth it. It is totally worth it. So to you, I would go through it. Yeah. Um, Have you all gone through merge? We're going through it in July. Yeah, you are. So if you go in in July, the weekend or the eight weeks? The eight weeks. Dude, if you're listening, you can go through with JD and Jenna. It's full. Oh, well. <laughs> ah, it, goes, it goes out fast. It does go out fast. Another thing I would tell you is this might, might feel like a hard left turn, but like this has really helped me and a ton of my friends set boundaries on when you're going to talk about wedding stuff and when you're just going to have fun. Because I think it is like, like David said, you can get so caught up in the, we have to do this big thing or whatever, but no matter what you're planning a party and you may or may not be planners. I know you're creative out the wazoo. Um, but set boundaries on, hey, we're going to talk about wedding stuff here. Here's how we're going to handle our family because it's, you know, they're going to have expectations as well. Mm-hmm. And then on these nights, we're just going to go have fun. And yes, there's a to-do list, but we're going to go have fun and remember why we're even in this to start. Yeah, that's good. What about like Bible studies and stuff and engagement? Like how spiritually like attached should we become? I know physical, like mm-hmm. stay away, like don't do it, don't cross. But yeah. like how how going to church together, doing Bible studies together, reading the word together, praying over one another, like what do you say to that? Uh, you know, there's so much ambiguity in what you're asking there, but I think that's not an inappropriate season to begin to read through. Hey, we're reading this study. Um, I don't know that I would make it like sheet music that I'm going through, you know. <laughs> Which or at is least, a, a book about sex. Yeah, yeah. it's all about sex. Uh, and if you do, I would do so that. So not like Fifty Shades of Grey. Yeah, the book I mean, club. I mean, don't read that one anyway. Yeah, yeah. you're right. You're right. Some twisted ideas. The, the second's way better than the first one for sure. And uh, <laughs> I'm totally kidding. People are gonna think that I actually read that. Uh, but no, I, I think um, I would not move them to your sole accountability partner. Mm-hmm. Like I would yeah. still would live in community and to whatever degree that you can be a mutual encouragement to each other. I yeah, think. accountability. Yeah, confession. That's something I have wondered. Specifically, like if if you do something, um, like when do you start confessing to your person mm-hmm. your sins and when you messed up? I I think well, confessing sins. There's ten thousand sins that I've committed today. I'm not even aware of. Yeah. yeah. But so, things like pornography. Like when I was engaged to Callie and in marriage. Hey, if I ever look at pornography, if I ever break what Job says in, in Job 31, I've, hey, I've made a covenant with my eyes for you. I'm going to tell you that. So you don't have to wonder. And that's just so that um, whenever, now we're kind of veering into marriage, but so that if there's any insecurity. No, I think this is talk, like yeah, in, answer engagement. to engagement. Yeah, that I I can remove for, because as uh, every woman is different, but sometimes they're like, is my husband, is he looking at other women? Like he's looking at me. hundred. And so I want to remove that. And if you're ever wondering that, I am committed to you. If I look at pornography or look at um, 
someone lustfully or um, I'm going to come to you and I'm going to tell you that. So an engagement, I, I think that w- I would err on the side of yes. I don't know that, that uh, I would chapter and verse that from the Bible. I just think it's going to honor them. And, um, but I wouldn't, I would only, I wouldn't make her the sole one. Exactly. I would go, Hey, I've told all my guys this, they're aware of it. I need to ask your forgiveness because as I move towards, um, you're not my wife and they weren't my wife and I'm lusting after someone who's not my wife. Yeah. And I want to be the husband and man who only has eyes for my wife. So we forgive me for that. So, um, I don't know if that's helpful. No, that's good. That's good. Um, let's ask just a couple more. Uh, are you planning the honeymoon? Like right now? Like, are you owning that? I don't know. Do the guys... Next question. Do the guys own Planet yeah, the Honeymoon? This is actually oh, yeah. really good. So it's like, what is the traditional stuff? And and it's moving... Culture is moving more towards like, uh, you know, everyone kind of does everything. Oh, and but there about are finances. some traditional things of like the the groom's parents do the um, rehearsal dinner. The There are some like, I guess, American culture things. Yeah. And should you follow that? Is it wrong to not? And then also... Speak to finances. I think the quickest answer on the the first one is just like talk about your expectations because if if someone is expecting, okay, I thought, you know, my dad was going to pay for that or I thought, Mm -hmm. you know, whatever, just talk about it. It, You're all building trust. Yeah, and I think the guy is, well, on both sides, you're just trying to defer to one another and honor each other. Yeah. Like Callie, um, she she planned everything. I'm I'm not a party planner. I don't care about the napkins, but I learned that she would call me and she would be crying about the napkins. And I'd be like, look, let me just, I'll just pick a napkin. And, um, and I realized that as she was planning and carrying that stress, she didn't want me to just pick a napkin. She wanted me to carry the weight of the napkins with her. And, uh, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, yeah. I don't want you to just pick one. I want you to know that I'm carrying all this stuff and I want to. Um, and just to like sit with her in that and be like, hey, how can I best, is this, a, do you want me to pick the napkins or do you just want me to sit with you right now yeah. and acknowledge the napkins? Yes. And um, so I think everybody's different. You probably, like some spouses, they're like, no, I really have had it. Some guys have had more of a vision for what they want. I wanted one thing in my, I, I took the honeymoon and I wanted cigars at our reception. <laughs> That's amazing. That was it. Did you have them? Oh yeah, we still uh, got some. I wish I knew you back then. Yeah, they were they were awesome. I don't think everybody should, and I went down that hill. I'm not even saying that's like biblical. I'm just saying like that was I didn't have any preferences. Um, so I think everybody's different, and I think as you're wading into those waters, um, just honestly talking about it. But traditionally, usually the guy owns the honeymoon um, because let's be honest, the guy cares about the honeymoon like ten times more than the napkins. We should talk, bro. I got yeah, you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which le- this leads Exclusive into your next ne- yeah. episode. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Honestly, y'all should from the do bedroom. it. <laughs> yeah. Whoa, whoa, whoa. That's it's a great spicy. podcast. Honestly. <laughs> we're going to roll it off. We man. should do it. Um, uh, two biggest factors in divorce are uh, communication and finances. I learned that in Merge, the premarital class. So the communication, we kind of talked about in all of those decisions, all of that tradition, all of that um, confession, it's all building communication, trust there. Wait, the two biggest what in marriage? The two biggest factors for of divorce. For divorce. People divorce. Oh. Lack of communication and finances. I learned one more thing in marriage too that's wildly interesting. It's that people are more likely to break off a marriage than they are to break off a divorce. A, an engagement. I mean, sorry, sorry, sorry. Yes. Wow. An engagement than they are an engagement. Sex is not in there? I guess sex rolls into communication because you can't Yeah, I bet, yeah, sex is, a lot of sex goes into communication. So here's, for the engagement period, like as you're learning to communicate about all these other things, the more and more comfortable and good you get at communicating about awkward things, the better you're going to be at sex. Hmm. That's good. Yeah, finances, um, I would, I just wouldn't uh, stretch so far. Like the tendency, you get married and you're like, 
even if you've done it well, you're like, man, we should buy our first house and we should um, just things that you don't, you may not need. Like just get, like live in a reasonable place, be okay with, um, even if everybody else is buying a house, we may just get an apartment and we're going to save more for this season. And we're not going to have to have everything that we want to have someday. Immediately. And immediately. Yeah. And just be wise. The other thing in, in this time is I was, I would do everything you can to get out of debt. That probably could be applied at any stage of your life. Mm-hmm. But before you're bringing into marriage, um, that debt while also knowing that, and you should talk about it. Like I have a friend who they got engaged and, and early they started dating and in dating, she brought up, Hey, I have $150,000 worth of debt. And that's really good and really healthy. Um, and the guy, he wasn't, he was like, wow, that's a big number, but it didn't change. Like, Hey, I feel like this person has the characteristics and qualities that I don't have to marry, but I still want to, but you're going in and you're not surprising someone after the wedding. Like, Oh my gosh. Um, honeymoon is great. By the way, I own a small house in New Guinea and uh, <laughs> we're in debt, $2 million, we. And yep. so you're just talking about it. So I would, I would fight to get um, clarity. I would talk through that. Um, how much do you make? How much do I make? Where are we going to live? Uh, what are we going to do with your dog? You know, exactly. all that stuff, yeah. working through it. That's good. I'm excited for you, bro. Me yeah. too. Can we, can we revisit August sometime? August, no. I think, you, I think if happening. you really care about people, you'll put a poll on your Insta and let them decide. I can't. We can't. It's decided. I'm just kidding. We're thinking New Year's Eve. Oh, that's fun. Y'all have a New Year's Eve thing. That'll be our one year. Uh, Can can I please, uh, please don't cut this. Can I tell the people that, you know, we had this wager Uh about New Year's Eve for JD. Like we were going to plan your wedding before you had the girl last New Year's Eve. Yeah. I did not know that. Yeah. It was like, we're all praying for New Year's Eve. And by we're all probably just me. Give us the soundbite on why not August. Because I think that's relevant to people. Um, Well... <laughs> a lot of reasons. One, uh, she's moving here to do the institute, the Watermark Institute. Yeah, and that's a lot coming yeah. in. So she's moving to a new city, leaving her family, starting the Watermark Institute. She, we have never been in the same town, so there's an excitement even just to get to like live a life in the same town that I think will carry us until our wedding. Um, and then I think I want her to get to like the institute is so rich. And I don't want it to be like, I'm figuring out, I'm planning a wedding this summer. We'd have to plan the wedding half of the summer apart and then half the summer, go, go, go. Mm. It's more stress than bless. And it's just like, what, what can we do? And so like most of the stress until August is getting her to Dallas, leaving her job well, moving her in, making new community, starting the Institute, reading her books, reading her homework and, and doing her all of her memory verses. And then it's like, and you're planning a wedding, and you're figuring out the first semester of marriage, and you're doing all your homework. Yeah, it's a Making lot. Making friends so in like, Dallas. I keep going and, yeah. going and going and going. No, it's, it's like, not. It's <laughs> and it's like, or we could wait, do it on our one year of being together, party in the new year, and then move in together and do your second semester living together. So the reason I ask that is, and I think it's relevant, is um, there's just not a clear cutoff of like three months, make it or break it, because there's that's wisdom. I think yeah. you're being yeah. wise and saying that's that's a lot of transition at once. What can we do to minimize and mitigate some of that? Here's what helped. I made. I sent her an email, mm-hmm. and I said, here's four options. Yeah, you did. August, November, New Year's, like that break between the two semesters or after graduation, a long time away. Here's the pros and cons of each option, and here's the housing situations for each option. That way she could go sit as a woman and process and come back to me with an answer. Way to go, bro. So I'm she so came impressed. back. She came back to Hashtag me. leadership. And we Seriously. talked it out. She came back to me. We talked it out. And she was like, when I read these, there are some that bring stress 
and there are some that brings like exhale. And the one that brought the most, like we can, that one sounds manageable and doable was option three, the new year's transition wow. one. And I was like, then let's not overthink it. Let's do it. And so I'm, if she's happy, I'm happy. I love that. That's amazing. Hey, great way to honor your bride. Way to go. All right. Hopefully that was helpful. Um, as always, email us at info at the ports at live. If you have questions or suggestions on other things that we should cover. Mm-hmm. Hey, let me throw this out there. We are hiring at Watermark. I don't know when this is going to drop. We're looking for an operational person. If you are a, um, you are in the business world right now, you're a manager of people. You are like, man, I, I both get things done. I can lead and manage people. And um, like I could be the president's right hand. Yes. I could be the executive pastor or the COO. Maybe you are a COO. Um, we are hiring and you can email info at the porch.live and say, David said you're hiring. That's me. I'd be interested in talking more. So um, that's it. Uh-huh. We love you guys. See you next week. Another episode of Views from the Porch. We want to thank you for listening to Views from the Porch. For more information about The Porch Ministry, visit us at theporch.live or follow us on social media at The Porch. 